Welcome to the Fifth Estate. They bring you the story. We bring you the truth. The Fifth Estate is the news behind the headlines, holding those in power in check. And now, with the real story, here's Cameron Blewett. Good evening, Victoria, and thank you for joining me here on this another episode. It's been a while of the Fifth Estate podcast. Um, this one, for the first one back uh, for a while, honestly, it, it's one that I've been, you know, tossing up, um, deciding whether to, to make it or not, uh, whether I should do it. And then I wasn't going to, and then driving home tonight, I saw an electronic billboard that, you know what, it, it, it was the thing that said to me, yep, I've got to do this podcast, um, and so anyway, so here we are. Now, before we begin, I just want to make it clear, I'm not, the the topic of discussion, the party that I'm going to be discussing, which obviously you've already guessed by the, the title, I'm not ragging on the Liberal Democrats themselves, I'm making more of a comment about the, uh, let's say, lack of understanding of people who are referring to them by a particular descriptor that, uh, you know, actually no, let's just cut to the chase. Um, It's one of those frustrating things that frustrates me no end to see so many people describe them as libertarian. Now, I know that that's what they did in... Uh, for their billboards in the lead up to the, the federal election, they described himself as libertarian and everything like that. And let me just tell you, I don't believe that they are. And I'm hoping by the end of this episode is that, and and this whole episode is just dedicated to this. So, you know, it might might be about half an hour, it might be twenty minutes. Um, not sure how long it's going to take, uh, but yeah. So. Hopefully by the end of this episode you'll realise or, or you'll understand that they're not libertarian uh, and those that, that claim that they are are showing their, their let's say, lack of understanding of uh, liberty and, and libertarian politics and uh, policies and, and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, let's just kick it off. Now, one thing. Uh, most people, you know, you ask them what a libertarian is and, and they'll say, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. But when it comes down to those who are politically aware, the the common thing that you'll hear is that a libertarian is just an anarchist in a suit. So if we use that as the, as the, as the benchmark for it, what policies of the uh, LDP or even statements and comments by the the sitting members in Victoria, uh, namely um, Mr. Quilty and Limbrick, uh, would give a, a libertarian perspective of it um, for that. So from that, as I've mentioned before, I have a feeling that um, my thoughts are that, that David Limbrick is more on the um, – socialist side or, or, or democratic socialist or, or something like that. He's just, you know, or even even to actually, no, probably even to the, the classical liberal sense um, of, of things and it's about government involvement and there's been a lot of things that I've seen since uh, the pandemic 
Bill uh, that, that gave Supreme Leader Andrews all his, his magical powers that he's got. And a couple of things that, that are just starting to raise questions um, about him and, and what he does. Now, first, the first thing for that is that during the uh, – there was a bit of a discussion on that and I haven't been able to find it and, I, you know, I haven't been able to find it in Hansard or anything like that. So, But then that doesn't mean to say that it didn't happen because Hansard can get edited uh, with proofs and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So I seem to remember, and this is based on my memory for for what was said, was that when, we were, when he was talking about the detention powers uh, given to uh, the chief health officer, or, or something like that, with this new pandemic legislation, he turned around and said that um, some detention is is required or acceptable or something like that. I can't quite remember it, but you know, he was talking about that he he accepted that some detention would be a requirement. Now, a, a genuine libertarian um, or even an anarchist in a suit would not accept that by any any stretch and to you know that that was the first alarm bell for me is that he's he said that and you know what if i was dreaming that he said that mate i'm i'm absolutely open to correcting my thoughts uh but as i said uh, it was late night uh, when i was watching the, the live debate uh for that and and that's something that i swear that he said and um you know that that's the the first concern for me for that, and then the next concern was that during the uh, debate that was organised by uh, Avi and Rukshan with all the uh, the other uh, candidates, uh, minor party and independent candidates running uh, for a Senate seat uh, for Victoria, there, there was discussion about a uh, possible Second Amendment. Uh, rights and all that sort of stuff, you know, Second Amendment style rights um, for for Australians. And he's turned around and said no, whereas he's made comments about um, pushing, uh, you know, quote-unquote less than lethal technology and advocate, having advocated for that in the past, yet it's the thing is that he didn't want to do it. You know, he, he said flat out no and... He should have taken the, the, the political position or the political thing of it and saying, hey, well, no, that's a state issue and if we're going to a referendum, then a referendum won't pass so let's just leave it with the power of the states to decide that. Um, and that, that would have been a far better answer than just outright saying no. Now, my concern with that is that uh, libertarians know or those who are genuinely libertarians out there understand that the one of one of let's say the the, the core policy or the core belief or, or, or core position is private property rights. Now, how do you enforce those private property rights? Sometimes it is through the use of, of lethal force, and you know you can't just turn around and say, "Oh no, my." my rights have been encroached, I'll call the police to do it or I'll take them to court. Well, it's a bit late there uh, to do it. Now, I'll get on to talking about police in a, in a bit later on in this. So those two points there are concerning that, you know, it's 
it's just something that, that he hasn't looked at. And then even going a little bit further, if we have a look, um, hang on, I'll just pull up the Facebook page here. First of all, 4th, 4th of August, uh, there was a uh, bill around uh, protests in forestries and things like that. Now, uh, the two Liberal Democrats, Quilty and Limbrick, disagreed on the bill and they voted in different uh, um, ideas, uh, different, had different votes on it. So, um, David Limbrick opposed the bill uh, and he says, I opposed based on opposition to government powers on protest suppression. However, Tim supported based on support of property rights. Now, is there a right to protest in a uh, libertarian or, or anarchistic society? Um, no, there's not um, because there's, there's only private property rights and if there's no government, there's, you know, how do you define what a, a public space is and things like that? So it's, it's one of those things is that which, what, 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 which one? I understand that there, there's two things there. And it's, you know, is it the government to, government's ability to suppress protest or is it private property rights? And as much as the legislation is going to be used um, to the detriment of, of others, I think that private property rights are the ones that should be first and foremost upheld because without private property rights or, or property rights in general, then everything else falls apart from there, so that includes, you know, their their quote or, or their claim of uh, freedom of speech and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it, it's the thing: is there a freedom of speech for that? I don't believe there is such a thing as freedom of speech. I believe that following this, um, you know, libertarian or, or anarchist in a suit uh, view, is that. All you've got is the the private property rights, and that is for you to get take your message to the printer, or you to uh, put your uh, you know rent a, a space or, or use a space on, on social media or whatever it is, because that's that's a bit contractual law says hey you can put this uh, whatever you want there as long as it's not blah blah, blah you know illegal blah 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 blah. So it's it's the thing is that you've got those rights to do that and same as you going to a hotel and holding a talk or a convention or whatever it is while you're in, entering into a contract with the uh, hotel landlord or hotel provider to, uh, you know, to have that event and, you know, to host that event and they will provide the facilities. So there's the uh, property rights there and, and, you know, that's a little bit more in contractual law and all that sort of stuff. But then it also goes to the point is that as we see a lot here in in Australia is that there's so many laws about what you can put in your on your um, nature strip regarding political advertising, what you can't, where you can put signs, what signs you can put up and all that sort of stuff. Now, that's, you know what, it, it's your property. You should be able to do whatever you want on there. You, if you want to put signs up that say, you know, X, Y, Z, you should be able to do that. And it's the thing, it's not up to some government to turn around and say, no, it has to be that size, it has to be that size. Um, so, yeah, it's the thing. Property rights for me, um, for me, looking at um, 
the, the claims of, of the party being libertarians, um, I, I think that that was the third strike for me that it, it's got me of the of the view that they're not. They're a, what you call, a, what I would say is, is a classical liberal uh, political party. They're not libertarian in, in um, any... What would you say? Sense of sense of the word. Now, adding on to that one is that if we have a look, I'm gonna let me just pull up their website. Uh, they've got their Freedom Manifesto. Now, that is uh, something that's still up there from the federal election. So, if we have a look at the federal election, uh, there's nothing there. All right, uh, federal election. Okay, so. Where are we talking about? Uh, what do we got? Their points is freedom from COVID alarmism, recall elections, def, uh, debt and deficit, low fat tax, flat taxes, uh, voluntary superannuation, small business, cheap and reliable energy, decentralised education, free speech and freedom from surveillance. Now... I'm not going to pay too much to the the freedom from COVID alarmism because I think that that's that's not something that the Commonwealth could be looking at in, in um, you know any genuine sense. So, um, recall elections. I don't agree with recall elections. Actually, I don't think a lot of people should be voting for a start. Um, and all that sort of stuff. So, recall elections. I don't think are a good thing because it's easy to uh, stack any potential recall or on the other side of it, if there is recall elections, to have the bar so high for recall that it's just wasting taxpayers' money uh, because obviously all these elections are going to have to be run by the AEC or VEC or whoever the uh, electoral body is uh, for that. So I just think that, um, you know, recall elections are, are pointless. I mean... You know what? You've only got them in for three or four years. It's not like they're going to be in for that long. Um, you know, if if you're that concerned about it that you need to have a recall, why don't you get more politically involved and organise people in that electorate or region or district or whatever it is, so you uh, put more pressure on the particular politician uh, to you know to 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 actually, to genuinely represent or effectively represent their electorate. Now, uh, they do recall elections in the US and that's, from what I understand, is for the governors, which is uh, more or less like a, a state premier's role, though due to their constitutional republic setup, there actually is an office of governor, whereas out here the uh, office of premier, so the, the office of premier is just a, a special minister of state um, for that and the premier is there through convention more than constitution. So, the, the, you know, at, in same as the, the prime minister, as we found out with the uh, multi-minister um, Morrison thing, is that, you know, the, the office of prime minister doesn't really have any special powers. Uh, it's only when they become sworn in as ministers of a particular portfolio that they have additional powers. Now, the same thing applies in the States. Uh, there's nothing in the, or there shouldn't be anything in the relevant constitutions that creates an office of the Premier because as, as 
as opposed to the office of Premier that's chosen by uh, the political party that is able to form government. So so from that, I, th- I think recall elections are pointless. Um, I mean, you know, there's... They'd be, they'd be able to, to make the bar so high and the VEC or whoever is doing it would just have so much stuff in there that it would just protect the billabong as it has as it is already uh, for that. So recall elections are pointless. Um, what's a debt and deficit one? Oh, okay, it's just about taxation or all that sort of stuff. Um, obviously, it's, you know... The government shouldn't be spending our money. Um, the government should be giving us our own money for us to spend in ways that we feel like it. And it's the thing, if we reduce the cost of living to a uh, sustainable level, then we wouldn't need all these additional taxes and everything like that because the community would be turning around and providing services uh, for those that you know, the, the, the taxes are supposed to be there covering. And, you know, it's a thing. A lot of this taxation is bloat to, uh, for jobs for the boys and, and things like that to look after the faithful who go into to cushy, you know, multi-six-figure um, a year jobs uh, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, Fair Work Commission's an ideal one. Um, you know, they've got jobs till they retire and, you know, they're on massive salaries there and, you know, do they... Is it warranted? Is it justified? I, I don't know. I mean, I would be inclined to say that some of them who were in there probably shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be and, and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, that that's a whole new rant there. So um, voluntary superannuation, yeah, I, you, you know, I think that's more classical liberal than um, libertarian, uh, small business. Well... The Commonwealth doesn't really have much to do with small business. That's more of a state, uh, state thing um, for that. So, yeah, it's it, it, there's a lot of these the things, policy areas in this Freedom Manifesto were the responsibility of the states rather than the Commonwealth or the federal government. So, um, yeah, I, I there's there's not anything that would be in this Freedom Manifesto that you would say is um, libertarian in in any position or, or view. Now, um, going on to that, now something that I did mention before that I did want to talk about is um, the police. Now, none of them have come out and that I'm aware of, I'm not saying they haven't said it, I'm just not aware of it, they haven't made any comments about the state being the one that has the monopoly on violence. Now, that is obviously through the, through the police and um, through the courts and, and the prison system and, and everything like that. So, you know, they, they've never they haven't made any comment about that. Now, I'm not saying that the ability to commit violence should be an open free for all for everyone. I just don't think that the uh, ability to commit violence should be left to the state. And I'm talking about either the state as in State of Victoria or, or, you know, the state as in the, the Commonwealth, you know, the, the government there. Um, and, you know, as if they are libertarians, why aren't they making comments about that? Why aren't they making comments about, you know, things like, oh, you know, 
it, it, you know, oh, but, you know, the police are there to protect us. Okay, well, who's going to protect us from the police? And, you know, this is something that I've said before is that you have a look at all the instances that have happened over the last, what, two and a half years, nearly three years um, of excessive power. And actually it goes further than that, um, uh, you know, further than the last two and a half years. Um, excessive uh, actions by the police, whether it's that um, arrest where I think there was three or four detectives have gone to um, that woman in Ballarat, the pregnant woman, and put her in handcuffs and, and you know, arrested her in her pyjamas, all for sharing something on, on Facebook. Now, does that warrant that sort of response? Why wasn't it just a notice to appear uh, for that and saying, hey, that's it, just here's a notice to appear, You got this is your court date? Why did they have to go through the process of, of handcuffing and, and sending three detectives um, or was it four? Anyway, whatever it is. So there's that. There's the over-the-top response for the protests and, 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 you know, this is the thing. Why is it that the state is the only one that has the monopoly on that? Why, why can't we have our own uh, community for want of a better term, community police departments or police forces that look after things in that community. And, you know, if we don't like what they're doing, you know, we just get rid of them and we bring new ones in. Whereas you can't do that with what we're doing, what we're going through with Victoria Police because it's the thing, you know, it's the the state has the monopoly on it. And before you turn around and say, oh, but there's only, it's only a few bad apples that do it, well... Yes, it is. Only a few bad apples, though. All the other good apples are just standing there and letting these people do it. Whether it is going to this woman's home and you know arresting her and putting her in handcuffs for for a social media post, or whether it's that um, that that oh, I won't say it's a crash tackle, whatever that that um, I think it was a senior constable did to that guy in Flinders Street, just, you know, literally picked him up off the ground and, and you know, literally drove him headfirst into the ground. Um, and it's the thing is that no one's saying anything about it. What about the um, special operations or PSRT or, or whoever it is that opened fire on the protesters? No one has done anything about that. Why wasn't that guy arrested? Why weren't the special operations group who need... Um, that um, yeah, <clears throat> suspected terror suspect um, when he was on the ground. What about that excessive violence there? Why aren't they? Why aren't these good ones doing something about that? Why aren't they turning around and saying, "Hey, no, you've stepped the line. You know, you've broken the law. Let's, you know, and you're you're under arrest because they can do that. Why aren't they doing that? So don't turn around and tell me, oh, but it's only a few bad ones. Well, I think the bad ones have started at the top. And that rot is just filtering its way through. And until that's cleared up, then I, as I've said before in previous podcasts, I think that they've lost their social license. Um, but anyway, just realised I'm getting on a bit of a different rant here. So I'll get off my soapbox now and just talk about it. But, you know, this is the thing, is that why aren't these libertarians making comments about that? Why aren't they saying that every day in Parliament? Um, all they're doing is talking about potential corruption in uh, the LRD, which is the Licensing Regulation Division, uh, for things like that. So I, th- I think that if there is rot in Victoria Police, it goes further than LRD. Um, so 
it, it's, you know, it, it's something that there should be a general, just genuine discussion about, oh, but, you know, they're afraid that if they talk about it, well, then, you know, they're going to be viewed as extreme or, or they're going to be seen as conspiracy theorists or, or, or right-wing nutters or, or anything like that. Well, big deal. Do you think people like Samantha Ratnam or Fiona Patton or anyone like that care about the how they're viewed when they bring their bullshit views and policies and, and um, bills into parliament? No, they don't give a whoopty because it's the thing is that, you know, they're not, no matter how ridiculous it is, they're not going to back down from it. Whereas those who are on the other side of the political spectrum, and this includes the, the Liberal Party and, and all that sort of stuff, won't say anything. They'll, they'll just, oh, no, we'll, we'll keep quiet about this because we don't want to be seen as extreme or we don't want to be seen as, as this. I mean, why? This is why we're so screwed in this country because those who are at genuine opposition or who are, who are able to be an opposition, and I'm not talking about genuine, um, those who are able to be an opposition to the current regime are too scared to say anything. And, you know, if, if let's say these two are genuine libertarians and, and, you know, for want of a better term, anarchists in a suit, how much of their views and values are they compromising every day to, to continue their, their parliamentary existence and not blurt out that, hey, the state shouldn't have the monopoly on violence, this shouldn't be going on, we need um, X, Y, Z... Yet they're not doing it. Um, there was, well, there was a couple of other things that I want to talk about. I, I can't remember what they were now, but um, you know, it, it's the thing is that before you start sharing the view that this the LDP is a libertarian party, um, think about the name, the Liberal Democrats. Now, understanding that they're talking about liberal as in the, the classical liberal, which, you know, is, is potentially centre, central, or maybe a little bit central, centre-right, um, and Democrats. Um, yeah, but if it's anything to go by in this country, liberals left and Democrats are even further left. Um, so, you know, it, it's the thing is, that, yeah, just they're, they're not libertarian. Um, and it frustrates me no end to hear people say that they are and I, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm not sure whether to, to keep quiet about it or to turn around and say, hey, you're wrong. But, you know, it's, it's the same argument about calling Australia a democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a constitutional monarchy or a constitution. what is it, a constitutional parliamentary monarchy or, or something like that. Um, <coughs> sorry about that. Um, so we're not a democracy because a democracy is everyone getting in to vote on everything, whereas we don't. I mean, we have once these idiots here in, in um, Spring Street or Canberra, well, we've got no ability to sway their opinion on anything because they're all going to vote along party lines. So where's the democracy in that? Um, there's no democracy in there um, being elected because it's not first past the post. It's the preferential voting is that, and it's this, the way that the system is rigged um, to always favour the incumbents uh, and, and the big parties because there's always going to be a point where the little parties just get knocked out because they don't have the votes and the next one gets knocked out then the next one gets knocked out. 
And then in the end, you know, you are voting in um, either crap that was left, as we've seen with uh, Patton and Ratnam uh, and Medic in Victoria, because they were there. Um, I know Medic and I think Patton were. I think Ratnam might have been able to get enough for an own, in her own right. But, um, I mean, even, you know, you have a look at Limbrick himself. He got 0.8% of, of the primary vote. Um and, you know, he got in through deals. Um, I think that was way back then with the, the Glen Jury uh, with his preference whisperer and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's a thing is that, you know, we're not a democracy and, and these guys aren't libertarian. They've, you know, then they're not pushing um, better uh, respect or enforcement of private property rights. Um, they're, they're going on about, you know, freedom of speech and, and everything like that. So, yeah, it, it's the thing is it just, I don't know, it, it just irks me. Um, I'm, you know, I'm keeping this one clean. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's just one of those things is that I think we need to become more politically aware and politically educated uh, about things and how we describe uh, candidates, political parties and all that sort of stuff because by using the wrong descriptors and wrong words and everything like that, we're essentially playing into the hands of the establishment because, you know, they want us confused and, and befuddled and, and pushing the wrong information or missed this or malinformation or whatever you want to call it because it benefits them in the long run. And the more that people are who are having libertarian views or, you know, substantially reduced government even further than classical liberals would, then they're going to be getting disillusioned because uh, these people, um, and, and not just targeting though, you know, the two members of the LDP, but there's others as well that, you know, they're not as um, libertarian or, or small governments and all that sort of stuff as they claim to be. Now, Something else that, I don't know, it's it's one of those things that, that has interested me a little bit is that with, in particular, Tim Quilty, is all his talk about standing up for shooters and everything like that. Um, I don't think any of them are licensed. Either of them are licensed. Um, I based that on when there was a um, parliamentary, uh, what was it, parliamentary shooting event or, or something like that. Hang on, let me see if I can find what it was. Where are we? Facebook. Tim Crouchy. Uh, is it photos? Oh, here we go. Uh, the annual politician's clay target shoot. Now... I'm basing that on that if you have a look at the photos, and this is on Quilty's website, it's um, when they're doing this clay target shoot, they're in a cage. Now, when you do clay targets, you don't, um, you're not in a, in a um, like, it's like a box. Um my understanding of it is that they've got this so the unlicensed shooter has um, 
there's less likely for them to turn around and, and do things wrong um, for that. So, um, you know, I do do down the line and clay targets. So it's the thing. There's no cages around it. You're just standing there. Um, if it's down the line, you know, in front of a, a where I go in front of a speaker and uh, with a little light on it. So it's only like knee high um, and all that sort of stuff. So there's there's nothing there even when you're doing – actually, no, there is a bit of a, a cage in there when they're sporting. Um, but I think that's only because of the range um, for that. Um, but that doesn't look like it's a sporting field. Um, I think it's just a, a down the line or something like that. So anyway – um, so yeah, that, you know, but that's you know that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I just think it's it's interesting is that you know these guys don't have any uh, for what shall, well, shall we say skin in the game when it comes to um, you know talking about um, um, shooters. Shooters' rights and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, it's just interesting. Um, is there any by David Limbrick? No, he's not there. Um, I'll see field and game. Oh, what am I doing? Photos. So yeah. Anyway, um, that's just my thoughts. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm happy to be um, proven incorrect about that one. Um, yeah. So anyway, we'll just wait and see what happens um, for that. So, but anyway, uh, what else is there? Um, I don't know, but yeah, it's just yeah. I I, I when it comes to it, as I've said. I think we need to be very careful about how we describe the Liberal Democrats. Um, I think we're putting them on a pedestal that they um, don't really deserve um, and I would say that potentially they're not entitled to. Um, yes, they did put up an opposition uh, to the regime, um, Andrews's. um pandemic legislation and all that sort of stuff and the mandates. Um, yes, they did put up a, an opposition to that, though it's the thing. I mean, was that done more from a classical liberal sense or was it more done from the, uh, you know, libertarian um, sense where, hey, you know, you, don't, you can't do that uh, and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, rambling a little bit there, so... I think I'll just leave it at this one. Um, I'll leave it now. But, yeah, it's, it's just the thing. As I said, I think we need to be a bit more aware and pay more attention to how we describe them uh, and, and everything like that. So, but anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, a little bit over half an hour there. Um, so, yeah, interesting to hear your thoughts. Um, am I way off the mark here? Uh, for that, am I spot on? Am I getting close to the target? But as I said, this isn't meant to be any criticism um, in general of those two. It's more about how they're not correcting people or even 
um, going along with uh, something that isn't quite 100% correct or true or uh, is it descriptive of, of how they are and their policies and, and everything like that. So um, anyway, as I said, I think that glue. Um, thanks for listening. Um, look forward to having me having me join you. You join me on the next one. So bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Fifth Estate, the news behind the headlines. Until the next episode of The Fifth Estate releases, we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you go to for quality podcasts. And we'll keep holding those in power in check.